father we are in your presence continue to work in us lord may your spirit do that work in us lord we have made available we are making ourselves available lord to listening to your word your word can transform your word alone can transform your word alone can bring change your word alone can bring change only your word can bring change only your word can bring change lord we ask of you this morning your word will bring about a change a change hallelujah the double edged sword be at work in our midst double edged sword sharper than any double edged sword your word is sharper than any double edged sword man hallelujah like a hammer like a hammer hit hard hit us hard break us lord change us transform us mold us fashion us lord man jesus name we pray amen hallelujah we are in the year of purification and the lord is doing a work the word is coming to us for those of you who are paying attention the god is speaking to us so clearly we want to turn your attention to revelation chapter 3 let's go back to revelation chapter 3 verses 14 to 17 to the angel of the church in laodicea write the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of god says this i know your deeds that you are neither cold nor hot i wish that you were cold or hot so because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold i will spit you out of my mouth because you say i am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and you do, you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked i advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may be rich may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and that the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed and i salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see those whom i love i reprove and discipline can we say it together this is god's word to you those whom i love i reprove and discipline one more time those whom god loves he will reprove and discipline therefore be zealous and repent man like the fact that god, jesus put that word zealous before repentance therefore be zealous and repent behold i stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and will dine with him and he with me now we've we've been probably uh, exposed or raised to a certain teaching which suggests that this particular scripture is to do with salvation whereas the truth of the matter is it is nothing to do with salvation it is to do with christ communicating to the church this is not about a person opening his heart to the lord no this is a word of correction that has come and along with that word of correction christ is telling the church behold i stand at the door and knock amen if anyone hears my voice even anyone hears my voice giving your my word and opens the door i will come into him and will dine with him and he with me there is a reward in responding to god's word there is a great reward in responding to god's word the church must as god's people we must realize this there is great reward this is this is i mean he, he cannot make it more plain than this he cannot make it more plain than this he gives a word of correction a word of exhortation and correction and rebuke 
and he tells them the reason you are rebuked the, the reason that you are discipled disciplined is because i love you Amen. and then he tells them behold i stand at the door and knock i'm knocking at your door with my word i'm knocking at your door you know every time god's word comes to you whether by preaching whether by teaching whether by your own meditation whether by reminders it is god's god knocking at the door of your heart amen that you will give access to that word to come into your life that you will give access to that word to work in your life amen you must understand this and it is it is uh, it is erroneous for us to think that this scripture is about salvation it is not about salvation it is written to the church behold i stand at the door and knock it's also to do with the fact that he is near amen the coming of the lord is near behold i stand at the door and knock remember the the parable uh, of the virgins amen they heard some of them heard the knock some of them didn't if anyone hears my voice and opens the door i will come into him and will dine with him and he with me he who overcomes i will grant to him to sit down with me on my throne as also as i also overcame and sat down with my father on his throne he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the churches amen he who has an ear let him hear what the spirit says to the church every time you hear god's word you should remember it's a spirit speaking to you is the holy spirit speaking to you it's not man's voice it is the voice of god it's the word of god coming to you amen hallelujah and i mean we must snap out of the comfort that thinking say thinking we you must snap out of the comfort by which you think it is a man speaking to you it is not a man speaking to you is the voice of god coming to you man god just needs a voice he just needs vocal cords he can use anybody when I mean, we see that in the bible even donkeys were used for god to communicate amen hallelujah he just he just needs a a plain wall to communicate he can write on a plain wall without any man, any brush any pen amen he can do that if he wants to hallelujah man he can thunder from heaven and communicate hallelujah so it's a privilege that when you get to hear god's word somebody hallelujah i mean have a smile on your face consider the privilege i was so glad that uh, sheila mama when she started uh, today's service uh, when she prayed and exhorted us uh, you know she was exhorting and telling us consider the privilege amen consider the the blessedness of knowing christ amen do you know who you are amen the christian ought to know who he is amen hallelujah the, the the biggest failure that you can ever have is your failure to recognize who you are in christ amen who a christian is i've been i've been trying to tell you the importance of hearing the spirit of god especially in the season that we are in hear what the spirit of god is speaking to the churches we are living in such a time in history we are living in such a time in history where we cannot waste our time we cannot we we have to redeem the time Amen. We have to redeem the time. We have to snap out of lethargy. We have to snap out of slackness. We have to come out of slackness. Amen. Everything that is holding us back, every thought, every thought that is holding us back, we must come out of it. Amen. It can be just a thought. You can think it's a harmless thought, but if it is holding you back, it's if it's causing you to be slack. no i cannot emphasize enough the importance of paying closer attention to god's word 
But how do you pay closer attention? How do you pay closer attention? When somebody is speaking, how do you pay closer attention? You just push back the recliner, put your feet up, close your eyes. Is that how you pay closer attention? First yawn, second yawn, third yawn. Fourth never happens because you are snoring. That's not how you pay closer attention. When God is speaking, you must see the, the, the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. This is a reality that we must know. The spirit is willing but the flesh is weak. When God wants to speak to you, your spirit is willing to listen. But your flesh must follow suit. Amen. You must buffet your body. You must, you must discipline your flesh. Amen. And do what it takes to make sure that you stay alert and awake and incline your ear to the listening of God's word. Amen. Hallelujah. That's, see, that's where the blessing is. That's where the blessing is. If you reject the, the ministry of God's word, same the ministry of God's word. There is an aura on the ministry. You know that? Like no other ministry, like no other occupation or profession, there is an aura that God has placed over the ministering of God's word. Amen. It is the ministry by which men are transformed. Hallelujah. Do you know how high the stakes are if you choose not to listen to the voice of God? Do you know, do you know that? How, how high the stakes are if you choose to ignore the voice of God? Now sometimes when we speak, you know, maybe husband and wife, or, to, or maybe between friends, and you're speaking something so important, and the other person is very in a relaxation mode. Yeah. Then you, are you listening? Yeah, yeah, I'm listening. I'm just, I'm just concentrating. I'm, I'm just listening. That does not work with God. Do you know that that does not work with God? God knows. <laughs> That's right. He knows the meditations of your heart. He knows that you're thinking about fish curry. <laughs> he knows that. He knows what is going on in your heart. He knows what, what is troubling you. And even, even as uh, uh, Sister Sheila was ministering to us, I, I was reminded, um, how long does it take for a believer to be prepared to receive from God? You come into the house of God and there is the time of silence. There is this ambience of worship music being played and, and there are people praying. And then you get into that time of exhortation where the, the word of the Lord comes to us and encourages us to worship God. And to be aware of the presence of God. And then you get into the time of worship. How long does it take for the believer to be alert? I was listening to somebody. Uh, a, a musician, okay. I'm not going to name the musician. I'm not going to say who, who he is. I just wanted to tell you. He's not a, um, it's an interview with a, uh, a musician. Not a Christian musician. But an acclaimed musician. And he was, he said something so amazing, so profound, you know, and it's incredible. So he, he comes from an era where, okay, right now we have in-ears and, yeah, we have, we have proms or cues or the click is running and all. But that this, this person, this great musician that he is, uh, he comes from an era, he started off his career in an era where none of these things were available. So the question was asked him, how do you, how do you, and he does not know how to read music. He does not know how to, um, like, you know, 
transcribe music, write music. He does not know that. He just plays by the ear. But it's incredible. Okay, the names that, have, that he has played with will blow your mind. So he was asked, how do, you, how do you manage to remember all this? He said, I am there in every beat. I choose to be there in every beat. I choose to be there in every measure. I choose to be there in every bar of the entire performance. When I'm on stage, I choose to be there every bar, every count, every subdivision of the click of the metronome. I am there. And then he said something. He said, after all, two and a half hours is not a long time for us to do something like that. Incredible lesson. You should write down these things. Two and, a, two and a half hours is not a long time for us to do something like that, to be so focused on one thing. I'm telling you, the devil is lying to you. The devil is lying to every human being on this earth and making us believe that we cannot pay attention to more than five minutes. It's a lie. It's a lie. Amen. He's trying to tune our brains. He's trying to condition our mind into thinking that we got to snap out. We got to switch off every now and then. It's a lie. Oh, somebody, somebody listen to me. Amen. Truth of the matter is you can be there. Every single moment of your life, you can, you can be involved with God, engaged with God. Amen. If, if there's a service that is going on, every second you can be so engaged, you can be at the edge of your seat. You can have your eyes wide open. Your posture can be so ready to receive from God. It is possible. The devil is lying. Telling you, no, you're, you're too old for that. You're too modern for that. It's a lie. I'm telling you it's a lie. Because God has made us to commune with Him continually. Do you know that? Man, you've been made to have communion with Him all the time. You've been made to pray without ceasing. Amen. You've been made to receive God, God's word, His voice, listen to His voice without interruptions. That's the truth of God's word. That's the reality that, that is staring at us. And we choose to live by a different reality. We can hardly stay awake in church. We can, we can hardly pay attention to the ministering of God's word. Do you, see, I, told, I want to tell you that one more time. The ministering, there is nothing like the ministering of God's word. There is nothing like the ministering of God's word. There is nothing like the ministering of God's word. No Christian has made it in life without the ministering of God's word. Because the prayer that Jesus offered was sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. That's how he prayed for you. There is no sanctification apart from the the word of God. Hallelujah. Plus, okay, if, if, if that is not reason enough for you to pay attention to God's word, I can plus, say plus. All of you say plus. The Bible warns us of a time. The Bible warns us of a time where false Christ and false prophets and false teachers will try and deceive, if possible, even the elect. So that's, that's at stake. You, you, you must understand, what are we playing with? What are we dealing with here? Jesus warned us of a time 
but the deceiver will try to try to deceive even the elect if possible i like the fact that he mentioned if possible if possible because to even for us to think is it possible for the elect the word is eclectos eclectos means uh, the chosen ones that's what it means the chosen ones even if it is possible to deceive the chosen ones of god that's the agenda of the devil right now as you are dozing off the devil has the agenda he is completely alert and awake to this agenda you know what it is to deceive you if possible to catch you off guard if possible see we must be informed of this you cannot be ignorant of the schemes of the devil amen hallelujah so uh, why is there a, 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 i mean there must be a reason why the bible puts this warning why the, why jesus put this warning in his word it is not to scare us or to discourage us you don't have to lose your sleep brooding over the possibility of oh, will i will i be deceived by the devil you you're getting shivers in the night you're so scared that's not the intention of god's word coming to you that's not the intention of any warning and even when you see dreams the intention is not to terrify you and you see you had a dreaded dream it's like a terrible dream that you had you must know that it's not to terrify you it's not to put you in a place of fear amen it's to awaken you quicken you and so that you will take it to the lord in prayer amen hallelujah so the god's word is like that it the bible records us with a purpose it is so that we will live in a way in a manner worthy of us listen to this it is so that the the bible warns us of a time where we may be deceived even if possible even the elect may be deceived because we can choose to live in a manner worthy of his calling in a manner that is that we ought to live this life amen it is so that we can choose to live not giving even a foothold to the devil and some of you have much more than footholds one foothold he can he can have an entire legion in that space it is so that we will put on the full armor of god and will stand firm and know how to resist the devil on the evil day Amen. that's why the instruction is there that's why the warning is there so don't take it lightly tell your neighbor don't take it lightly this this warning must have effect in our life it it must have an effect in our life amen and the christian must choose to live with zero slackness the slackness level in your life must be zero nil no slackness i'm i'm not going to be slack about my life i'm not going to be uh, you know see and the lord has been ministering to me something this week as i've I mean, been reminding i would say reminding me something he told me that a person truly called by god can never fail by anyone or anybody a person who is truly called by god cannot fail in the things that he is called to do because of anybody because of anything that happens because of circumstances because of any human interference do you know that oh, that's not so convincing ah yes yeah you are in deep thought but that's the truth a person truly called by god cannot fail in the things that he is called to do amen 
because of any outside interference because of <coughs> sorry anything else or anybody else that's a, that's a, just the truth because the bible talks about if god is for us and the bible talks about us uh, about uh, uh, no weapon formed against us shall prosper it is not poetic language it is not poetic language no weapon formed against us shall prosper it is not poetry it's not for, for us to wow 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 no it is the truth no weapon formed against you shall prosper every tongue that rises up in judgment against you you shall condemn this is the inheritance say inheritance of the saints of god and for a christian is much more than that god is for you I mean who can be against you who against you so a person that is truly called by god cannot fail because of anything else or anybody else but he can fail because of himself the only person that can prevent you from succeeding in life is you yourself that's the truth if anybody if any christian has failed in life that sounds so strange to even put to words if any christian has ever failed in anything concerning his life for which he was called it is only because of him so if god has called you to do something it is not over till you say i quit if god has called you to do something it is not over till you say i quit if god has called you to believe in god's word and expect a miracle and believe for a miracle it is not over till you say i quit whatever it is it might be the biggest of impossibilities that you're staring at you're looking at it it can look at it's it's impossible it cannot happen but god said it will happen amen. amen and i'm telling you it will not evade you till you decide i don't want it that's the reason why some of us have not received many things in life because we have decided not to not to have it i know it's not pleasant to hear all this but this is the truth see i i i i'm looking at my own life if i have missed out on something it is not because of somebody did that to me in fact i have realized that nobody can do anything to me Amen. nobody can i'm telling you nobody can nobody can Amen. see i i don't care what man can do to me it, it i don't care to hoots frankly i have absolutely no concern about what man can do i've come out of that fear long time back Amen. I don't care when people uh, try to frighten me, try to uh, provoke me, try to leave me, and and uh, uh, do all kinds of things. But this realization I must have: when I say I quit, it's over. Not because somebody else was not in favor. Not because the situation was not in favor. It is because I choose. I quit. Amen. that's why in the in the most impossible of situations you can see the resurrection power of god come through and turn things around and you will lose the count of times where people will say how did you manage to come out of it how did you manage to stay on top of it how did you manage to stay up amen because it defies human logic amen somebody receive this word receive this word receive this word see you cannot you cannot it's not by your toughness that you stand it's by the grace of god that you stand and that is not of yourself it's the grace of the lord jesus christ for all of you think it's it's my toughness and the way i have been made and the way i am wired no 
It is the grace of God. When your confidence is in the grace of God, you stand firm. I stand by the grace of God. Amen. Hallelujah. That's why I said, what can see? That's why even in the Old Testament, you know, the, the psalmist had this revelation. Whom shall I? I mean, whom shall I fear? I mean, show, show me somebody whom I can fear, who can bring dread to me. So David had this revelation. He came out. He came out and he saw Goliath. The entire ranks of Israel went running. They went running. They went hiding when Goliath came out. But David said, I'm not afraid. Why should I be afraid? Whom shall I fear? Say, whom shall I fear? That's right. If I could handle the wild beast, man, this uncircumcised Philistine is no match. <laughs> Hallelujah. The lion and the bear I could tear apart. Who is this guy? Man, who does he think he is? You know, see, that, that must be your knowledge of God's word. Amen. The reminder of your identity in Christ. You are a, see, the, you have the spirit of God in you. You have the spirit of God in you. You've been called by God, anointed by God. Amen. Hallelujah. You've been set apart for something. Psalm 118. Can you put it up on the screen, please? 118 verses 6 and 7. For the Lord is for me. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? Now, if you're afraid of man, every morning declare this. The Lord is for me. I will not fear. What can man do to me? What can man do to me? It doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter how many they are. It doesn't matter. None of those things matter. What can man? What can man? What can? Say man. Say man. Say man with that um, man. Say, say, say what can man do to me? Hallelujah. Because God. Say God is for me. The next verse also, the Lord is for me among those who help me. Hallelujah. Amen. The Lord is for me among those who help me. Amen. He will strengthen the hands of those who will help you. He will strengthen the hands of those who will help you. He will go give voice to those who want to give counsel to you. Amen. Therefore, I shall look with satisfaction. Say satisfaction. I will look with satisfaction on those who hate me. Those who hate you, those who are jealous about you, you will look with satisfaction. Amen. Hallelujah. Confess is over your life. And I confess. See, it will give, it will make you the most composed, composed person on earth. And you will be moved by nothing. You will be moved by nothing. I will be satisfied. Amen. I will be satisfied. Amen. That's right. Mount Zion you are. Immovable. Steadfast. Hallelujah. The glory of God resides in Mount Zion, the city of God, where God dwells. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Only you can make you fail. Only you can make you fail. Not the devil. Say, not the devil. Not the demons. Not your friends or your foes. Only you can make you fail. So stop blaming it on, Oh, Avan and Oda Chedu, Avalan and Oda Ingan Chedu. 
you must resign from that well, you know what he did to me you know how dare with all that he did to that person how could he do that to me how ungrateful he was when i was there for him in the lowest of his, uh, his lows but when i needed him he was not there does it matter the lord is for me the lord is for me what can man do to me what can man's absence of presence do to me it does not make any difference man because the lord will strengthen the hands of those who help me amen the favor of the lord is upon those who will help me man i will bless those who bless you say that's the promise of abraham that's your promise that's the reality in which you are living i will bless no even now you know every government that has favored the church has prospered the man every government that has favored the church has prospered every ruler that has favored the church has been honored man that's the truth of god's word that's just the way it is hallelujah thank you jesus don't prevent your success tell your neighbor don't prevent your success don't rob rob yourself of your divine destiny you have a divine destiny to fulfill only you can rob yourself of this hallelujah when you when you believe in the wrong things when you pay attention see everything happens when you pay attention to something else see why why did the fall happen the fall happened because adam paid at or eve paid attention to ah that, that's right who told you 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 when you pay attention to something else that's when that's when the the fall happens don't pay attention to anybody else he who has an ear let him hear what the see this is what god is speaking to you he who has an ear if you are a part of a church if you are part of the church of the living god if you have an ear hear what the spirit of god is speaking to you amen don't pay attention to the, to the media don't pay attention to the nonsense of this world don't pay attention to the the experts don't pay attention to anybody else pay attention to the spirit of god man hallelujah that that's exactly why we must submit to the teaching of god's word that's why it's important for you to be under the teaching of god's word that you must be discipled by the word of god amen that you must choose not to do your own thing but you must be discipled by the word of god so the word see the the word discipled it actually means uh, you know the, the whom he whom i loves i will one is discipline the other word is reprove reprove and discipline reprove means to correct discipline means to train amen have you ever been a part of any sort of training whether whether it is in sports or in music or anything it's a rigorous process amen training is a rigorous process so that that's that's what discipling by 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 the word of god it must disciple it must train up your senses it must the word of god must train up your senses you must be able to feel the way god's word is asking you to feel your senses must be so tuned into how the word of god wants it to be tuned in that's why that's why christians must have a different point of view must have a different perspective about everything that you face in life you cannot buy into the narrative of the world you must have a different point of view 
Oh, wow, wow. Everybody is saying, wow. So the church is also saying, wow. No, you must have a different point of view. If God does not say, wow, don't say, wow. Hello. Very easy to live. Is God saying anything? Is God saying anything? It's like, you know, you are, you are part of a, a group and there's a leader and everybody's looking at the leader. What is the leader saying about it? If the leader says yes, okay, yes. If the leader says no, no. That's how we must be. Amen. If God is saying yes, yes. No, no. But we, why are we listening to the world? Why are we not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit? The Spirit of God is speaking to us. And if we have an ear, we must hear what the Spirit is speaking to us. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Listen to God's word. Amen. Tell your neighbor, listen to God's word. Listen. All the kids say, listen to God's word. Listen. Say loudly, say, listen to God's word. To God. tell, tell, the, tell the uncles, aunties, appas, ammas, tell them, listen to God's word. Ah, see, they have a voice. Listen to God's word. The kids are teaching us. Listen to God's word. Man, listen to God's word. Pay attention to God's word. Amen. When God's word is being taught, listen, listen, listen. There's nothing more important than that. There is nothing more important than the teaching of God's word. Amen. Listen to God's word. So you know what happens when you choose to hear God's word? You're refusing to fail. You're refusing to, you're refusing to have a breakdown. You're refusing to have a breakdown. I refuse to have a breakdown. I refuse to go down under. I refuse to fail because I listen to God's word. Because God's word will never tell me fail. Will, will God's word instruct you to fail? I instruct you to fail. Is that what the spirit of God will tell you? I instruct you to be a failure. I instruct you to give up. Unless it is about sin, then he will say give up. But God's word says, I am with you. Do not be afraid. Be bold. Be courageous. For I am with you. I am by your side. I will be with you till the end of the ages. That's what God's word will say. So refuse to fail. Tell your neighbor, refuse to fail. In the thing that God has called you to do, refuse to fail. Refuse to be a failure. Succeed in life. If you pay attention to God's word, you'll succeed in life. Do not turn, it, turn away from it to the left or to the right. Do not turn from it to the left or to the right. But meditate on it day and night. Amen. Meditate on God's word. See, simple, right? It's very simple. And when you're discouraged about something, something happened, terrible happened. Imagine that something terrible that has come, up, come across. Okay? Something terrible happened. Instead of paying attention to what has happened, pay attention to, attention to what God is speaking about that situation. Amen. Amen. You will not fail. Hallelujah. You will not fail. You know, when today we were driving this side, we were listening to the, the set list that we, are, I was, we, we had today, like the worship set. Then at the end of the set list, it changed and went to the next song. The next song was one of my favorite songs. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. Everything else is sinking. Everything else is sinking. Everything else is sinking. Man, it might look tough. It might look so important, so popular, huh? flashy. But I want to tell you, everything else will 
sink. Every other ground will give way. But the word of the Lord will endure forever. It is steadfast under your feet. It will not give way. Amen. And a wise man, like I said last week, a wise man will choose to build his life upon this word. Hallelujah. Let's read from verse 14 onwards. To the angel of the church in Laodicea write, The Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God says this, I know your deeds. I know your deeds. It's not your teacher saying this. It's not your class teacher. It's not your boss. It's the God of the universe. The one who made you is telling you, I know your deeds. That one line, that one, that opening line itself must cause you to be on your knees. Trembling. I know your deeds. I know your deeds. God says this. I know your deeds. Look at the, the description. The Amen. The faithful and true witness. He is ruling out everything, everybody else. Not the media. Not like I said, the, 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 the counselors, the, the, the rulers of this world. He's saying, the amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God, Jesus Christ himself says this, I know your deeds. I know what you're doing. I know what you've done. I know what you're doing. I know what you're up to. That you are neither cold no hot. I wish that you are cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither hot nor cold, I will spit you out of my mouth. This is what Jesus Christ is telling the church of Laodicea. I know your deeds. I know your works. I'm, I'm aware of your efforts. Say efforts. Say works. Say toil. That's what the word means. The word that is used there, I think the word is called ergon. It means efforts. It, mean, it means toil. And it, it, he kind of sees, the, even as he's starting the opening line of the letter, the line, opening line of the letter, so he's saying something that we tend to forget. He's underlining that truth. We tend to f forget. We forget that every now and then. There is no deed hidden from the eyes of God. There is nothing hidden from the eyes of God. Nothing is hidden from the eyes of God. See, that's why the confidence with which Jesus said, you will by no means lose your reward. For what? If you give a cup of cold water in my name. Cup of cold water. How, how significant that is? How significant is a cup of cold water? If somebody comes home, and they ask you, can I have a cup of cold water? And you give a cup of cold water. You will never remember that. The person also for all probably will forget that you gave a cup of cold water. But the God of the universe says, I know your deeds. I know your deeds. I know your toils. I know your labor. I know your hard work. I know everything about everything that you've done. Amen. No, he, he, no deed is hidden from his eyes. And he evaluates every work that we do. Oh, every work that you do, he evaluates. There is no model exam in heaven. 
It's all final exams. All board exams. No models. Uh, models, it's okay. We can fail. Like we can make up for the, the real board exam. But when God is up to something, it's not like a, okay, let's, let's try it. No. He evaluates every, say every. Every deed that you do, he brings into his evaluation. He brings it into scrutiny. That's why we can bluff any man. Now you can, now some of us are so good in this. We, we premeditate our words. We'll come with these heavy words or well phrased to make sure there are no loopholes and present it to our human masters. And probably they'll let you go. But with God, it does not work. You cannot bluff God. Do you know that? You just cannot bluff God. God sees all things, knows all things. He gauges our work on a scale which is so unbiased. Say unbiased. God's scale is so unbiased. My grandfather was an officer with the, the Department of Weights and Measures. And his, uh, if I remember correctly, his responsibility was to, um, you know, to find out malpractice with regards to weights and measures. Because humans are so used to having the wrong scale. We are so used to having the wrong scale, the wrong gauges, the wrong measurements. We know how to cheat. Say cheat. But with, with God, it is not possible. He's got a... See now, we, they, we, we talk about... Where is, where is that kept? Somebody help me. Um, that uh, ir iridium road, uh, rod uh, that is kept in... Uh, Paris, thank you so much. My classmates are looking at me, where did you learn all that? <laughs> I was paying attention when you were sleeping. <laughs> I just can't remember it. You know that, that standard about one meter is this some rod that is kept in some vacuum container somewhere. You didn't know that? At a certain temperature. You didn't know that? There's a standard for everything that we have. Who says one, one meter is one meter? There's a standard. There's a bureau for that. There's a standardization for that. Yeah? Likewise, there is a standardization in heaven. In heaven. There's a gauge in heaven. A scale in heaven. Benchmark in heaven. Which cannot be corrupted. That's why he said, I know your deeds. And the, the, who's saying? The one who's a man. The faithful and true witness. Man, he's saying, I know your deeds. Oh, tremble. And he tells them, your works are neither cold nor hot. We looked at that last week, but I wanted to like just dwell on it for some, some more time. There are some things that the Lord put in my heart. The word cold, say cold, cold. is translated from a, from a Greek word, sucros. Say sucros, not sucros. Sucrose, okay, not sugar. Say sucrose. That is cold, okay. So Jesus is saying you are neither sucrose nor zestos. Say zestos, zestos. The word zest, it's an English word. If you trace back the etymology of the word zest, which means enthusiasm or fervency, if you trace it back, it'll come to this Greek word zestos. Zestos means hot, fervent. Boiling. That's what it means. 
So now, Jesus is telling the church, I know your deeds. I know your works. I know that your works are neither sucros nor zestos. Say sucros. Say zestos. Say sucros. Say zestos. And he says, but your deeds are Clairos, say Clairos. Say Clairos means uh, lukewarm, tepid, lifeless. It's not hot, it's not cold, it's lukewarm. Not sucrose, not zestos, Clairos. I wish that you were cold or hot. I wish that you were sucrose or zestos. So because you are Clairos instead, or lukewarm, and neither sestos nor sucrose, I will spit you out of my mouth. See, God does not like clairos. God does not like? He likes either sestos or sucrose. So you never go to a, a shop and ask for a lukewarm coffee. Either hot coffee or cold coffee. Because your taste buds are not tuned in to enjoy something lukewarm. It must be either be hot water or cold water. Or hot coffee or cold coffee. I don't know about cold tea. A cold tea, okay. Somebody, there are fans of cold tea also. Huh? Iced tea, oh, that's right. I forgot that. Thank you, Debbie. So Jesus is saying, I, I don't like the fact that you are lukewarm. You are clairos. I wish that you were sestos or sucrose. But the fact that you are lukewarm, clairos, I just want to spit you out of my mouth. I told you about a little bit of geography, a little bit of history here. We're talking about the Laodicean church. And geographically, it is just a few miles from Colosse, Colosse, and a few miles from Hierapolis, okay? These two cities are mentioned in the book of Colossians, in the epistle to Colossians. All these three cities are mentioned. Colosse is mentioned because it is written to the church in Colosse. The Labrisha is mentioned because it's a neighboring city. Hierapolis is mentioned because it's again a neighboring city. And remember... When Jesus wrote this letter or sent this letter through the angel, through the messenger, through John, uh, you know, this was what he, he was trying to refer to. That just a few miles away, there is Colossae and you, they have cold streams flowing down the mountains. Just a few miles on the other side, you have Hierapolis and there are these natural hot springs. It's a cold. How many of you like cold water? I like cold water. What does, it, what does it do to you when you drink a, a glass of, a cup of cold water? Say it is a refreshing. I wish you were refreshing. I, I wish your works were refreshing. Or I wish your, your, your work was hot. Say hot. Hot springs. Huh? Passionate, yes. It also is referring to healing. Healing, say healing. healing. The hot springs are known for bringing healing. 
I wish you had either you were refreshing or you were healing. Your works are neither refreshing nor healing. There's no passion. There's no purpose. See, what was Christ referring to when he's sending this rebuke to the church? There is no purpose. Your works, you have a lot of works. And I gauge your works. I know your works. I know your deeds. But your deeds have no purpose. It is neither there nor here. And you're trying to just mug up something. You're just trying to do something and trying to present it to me saying that these are our works. It does not stand the test of heaven. Because there is no divine purpose in what you do. It's a divine purpose. It's a divine purpose. If you were hot, it was purposeful. It can bring healing to people. If you were cold, it could have brought refreshing to people. But you are neither hot nor cold. You are in between, lukewarm. And all that is, you know, that, that the only use there is, is to spit you out because you're useless. When your work is disconnected from the purpose of heaven, it becomes useless, somebody. When what you do is disconnected or disengaged from the purpose of God, from the purpose of heaven, it loses life. It loses, it becomes stupid, it becomes lukewarm. Huh? That's right. Salt, we heard about saltless. We had that illustration about salt. How many of you tried that? One tablespoon or one... Oh, by the way, Michael. Michael, are you okay? He played drums today, so that means he's okay. He was instructed to... Yeah, you're okay? Yeah? You, had, you did that experiment. Handful of salt. No. Teaspoon of salt. Yeah, I mean, he said either teaspoon or tablespoon. <laughs> I wish there was taste. Say taste. taste. But, but what you produce is distasteful. Say distasteful. Taste. There is no taste. There's no taste. There's no purpose. There is no use. It's become useless. You have a lot of works. You have a lot of deeds. I know all your deeds. I know your toil. I know your labor. But it's aimless. Without any purpose. I wish you were like the streams of Colossae. Which brought refreshing, refreshment. Or I wish you were like the hot springs of Hierapolis. Brought healing. But your works is not valid. Sesukros, sesestos, it's a divine purpose. See, when we evaluate our deeds, we can feel very high and mighty about ourselves. When we, say we, sometimes, you know, teachers will say, okay, do this exam, and then to your, uh, to your uh, consolation or to your, Relief, that's the word, yeah, relief. To your relief, she will say at the end of the exam, you can evaluate by yourself. Ah, feel so good. Because nobody can give you marks like yourself. So when you put evaluation to your deeds, you can be very corrupted, say corrupted. You, you, can, you can be very biased. Your own evaluation of your work can be very biased. So I remember in our school, they, they say, say a dictation. And the teacher will say, give the answer paper to your neighbor. <laughs> Less biased. But if I were to give it to Benoit, then 
you know what will happen to my paper huh <laughs> hallelujah the revaluation of your deeds can be very biased so don't get carried away by self approval very important church very important don't get carried away by self approval many people have fallen into great depths because of self approval i'm right i'm good i'm right i'm always right i never go wrong self approval self approval self validation what happens pride goes before a fall the bible says it goes before a fall that's pride self approval is pride now if you're depending on other people's evaluation then you okay but i i don't do that but i i go by what other people like dangerous you know why because they corrupted every man under the sun is corrupted amen so your your evaluation of your deeds or their evaluation of your deeds can be so corrupted and you start losing your mind based on what think what they think about your your work oh they seem to like what i do listen to this everybody do this do this like listen closely okay if you listen closely all of you do this if you listen closely there is an eerie emptiness to man's applause have you noticed that you should, you should try that if you listen closely to the applause of man there is an eerie emptiness there's a very disturbing emptiness placed right in the heart of that applause it means nothing man's applause man's approval means nothing it means nothing so let god be our judge that is daniel walking that side his name means god is it's prophetic yeah the, the, he just just prophesied over you just by walking that side god is my judge let god be your judge let god be your judge not yourself not man let god be your judge what does god think about your work what does god think about your toil what does god think about your labor how does god evaluate things amen see see listen what do you live for what do you live for think about it what do you live for what are you living for are you living for man's appreciation are you living for man's appreciation are you living for that that small over but in every tuck there is that empty emptiness but in every clap there is that emptiness when it fades that emptiness will <sighs> you didn't know that after they clap one round of applause between every there is emptiness okay and when the applause fades what remains emptiness what are you living for are you living for man's applause Are you living for man's applause? Are you living to hear the the applause of man, the clap of man? Live for the applause of God. It never stops. It never stops. The applause of God never stops. The applause of God never stops. The commendation from God never stops. The approval of God never stops. That's why the Bible talks about present yourself as a workman. Approved. Say approved. By whom? by god 
you must strive to be present as a workman approved by god you must be approved by god not approved by man approved by god what are you living for? i i i still didn't get an answer what are you living for are you living for man's applause are you living for the like button are you living for the like button see the welder of god is better than the like button of man do you know that you must know that when god's is well done it is better than any like button that you can have from man but see, we are so see we, we are so eclipsed by this wow the the blinking of the heart or the the thumbs up and the number that the something point k right next to it feels so good but i'm telling you it's empty say empty empty facebook is not coming to heaven facebook is not coming to heaven instagram is not coming to heaven it'll melt away with the elements of this earth it'll melt away with the elements of this earth all the likes that you got will be destroyed on this earth you cannot take it back you cannot take it to heaven see you you, you got to live for something bigger than all these things start living for something bigger than all these things now start living for something more than money you think money is big money is not big i'm telling you it's not big it's here today gone tomorrow it's not big that's why you see the richest of men having the most miserable of lives you know why because money is nothing it's just a vanity it's nothing so start living for something more than money start living for something more than riches start living more for something more than luxury start living for something more than a job start living for something more than the the appreciation of man something bigger than these things something greater than these things something eternal not temporal these things are temporal i'm telling you your wealth is temporal your riches on this earth are temporal your salary is temporal your promotion is temporal all these things will cease it will stop you cannot take it to heaven that's why jesus asked what will it profit a man if even if he gains the whole world don't live for the whole world live for something greater than the whole world something greater you must have a, a passion for something greater something greater how long how long will you waste your life on things which are so inferior to these things live for something greater than yourself it's all about you it's all about me 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 who are you i like what uh, what you said in the morning say zilch zilch you didn't hear that you said that right without jesus you are zilch nothing zero nothing man start living for something bigger than something eternal see that's why see last week we considered that i told you this the disciples were asked okay so what about you all those people left all those many disciples who followed me they all left do you also want to go somewhere peter said on behalf of the 12 he said to whom can we go to whom can we go because we have not found anybody greater 
than you. Man, because we have, cho- we have chosen to live for something greater, something bigger than all the people that we've seen on this world. And you are that person. Hallelujah. In your small brain. See, the brain is pretty, pretty small. Your brain is pretty small. You can hold your brain in, I don't know, in one hand, but both the palms together, surely. But I remember again, biology class, they used to teach us, no? The size of the brain and the size of heart. Heart, ah, okay. Midhu's like, where did you learn all this? I was a good student, Midhu. But the size of the brain, so small. Gotta, you got to live for something bigger, say bigger. You must have a vision bigger than, something bigger than life. Something larger than life. Earthly life. Something larger than earthly life. You know why that desire is in us? Because the Bible says God has planted eternity in the heart of man. The desire is there. But what to do? We don't know where to find it. And we keep searching high and low. All our futile attempts are to make us happy. Resign. Say resign. Tell your neighbor resign. Resign from the pursuit of empty things. Resign from these things. Hallelujah. Live for the cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Every single day. Every single day. I was sitting in the front, you know, just sitting down, just ministering to the Lord in, in other tongues. I was just praying in tongues. And, and the Lord put this thought in my heart. The, what a privilege is it? What a privilege. What a great privilege is it to even do the smallest of things. Just, and I was looking at the cables. I was looking at the, I was looking at the things that I, I could see in front of me. Just to do this in church for the Lord. What a privilege that is. What a great privilege that is. Because I'm not living for myself. I'm not doing it for myself. I'm doing it for the Lord. Somebody bigger than me. The cause of the cross. The cause of the gospel of Jesus Christ. What's your boast in life? Let your boast be in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So Jesus Christ says, I know your deeds. I know everything about your works. Jesus say that about you, lukewarm, lukewarm, or will he say, will, will he say hot, cold, you have a purpose, you have fulfilled your purpose, I meant you to be hot in the kingdom, I meant you to be sestos in the kingdom, I meant you to be sucrose in the kingdom, and you are that, I know your deeds, your works align with your calling. You're not swayed by the trend. You're not swayed by the, the trend. You're not, not swayed by the applause of man. You're not swayed by the popularity that you'll get amongst men. See, listen to this. We serve a God who can see beyond the hype. The God that we serve can see beyond the hype. Man is very good in making hype. Hype, 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 oh. God does not, he can see beyond the hype. He does not fall for any hype. 
He's not impressed by the modern day marketing gimmicks. The flashiness and the all the market savvy techniques that we bring to serve him. He is not impressed by any of those things. He can see beyond the hype. He gauges on a different scale. Man, a different scale, it's a different scale. And when your work is, see that's why you must understand, every work will be tested by fire. Every work will be tested by fire. Will your work stand the test of fire? Will your work stand, what you've built, will it stand the test of fire? You might somehow sneak in, but what about your work? What about your work? What about your deeds? Will it stand the test of fire? What are you building with? What are you building with? What are you building upon? Say omniscient. Who's omniscient? My God. Omniscient. You can see beyond the periphery. No scanning machine can do that. No scanning machine on this earth can do that. You can see beyond. You can, you can look at the depths of your being. You can look at you and you can see the depths of your being. The innermost parts of your being. You can see it. Clearly. Say clearly. Verse 17, because you say I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing and you do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. You know what history says? Around 60 AD this city was destroyed by an earthquake. Before the time this letter was written. This city by the name Laodicea was destroyed by an earthquake. So the government, the Roman government offered, okay we can help you rebuild your city. The, the people of the city said, no need. We are rich. We have wealth. We can rebuild on our own. We don't need your assistance. That's what history says. It's recorded in the books of history. So when Jesus wrote this letter, and he's saying, you say, just like, just like the people of that city, the church in that city is saying the same thing. I'm rich. I'm wealthy. And I need nothing. The spiritual condition of that church had so much common with the culture of that land. Have we got so much common with the culture of the land? Your spiritual condition, does it have so much in common with the culture of the land that we're living in? And throughout this letter, he's warning. You have embraced the trend. You have embraced the culture, the thought process of this land. So when he's saying that you are not hot, you're not cold, you're lukewarm. Why? Because your culture has accommodated lukewarm water. I told you, the, waters, the water that comes into the city was through pipes. And by the time it reaches the city, whether it was coming from a hot source or a cold source, by the time it reaches the city of Laodicea, it'll become lukewarm. Your culture is such that you accommodate everything lukewarm. And now that culture of the land has come into the church because in the church, you are neither hot, nor cold, you are lukewarm. So the church in a city cannot behave like the city. The church in our country cannot behave like the country. The church in the world cannot behave like the world. So you, are, you, are, you know that you are in the world, but you are not of the world. The Bible says very clearly. We are in the world, but we are not 
of the world. Yes, we are a city, but we are a city on a hill. Amen. We are not like any other city. We are a city on a hill. We live on this earth, but we are the salt. Say salt. Salt of the earth. We give, we give taste. We give flavor. We preserve. You are not of the world. You are the light of the world. You are not of the world. You are in the world, but you are not of the world. You are in the world, but you are not of the world, but you are the light of the world. Amen. Stop living like the world. Stop living like the world. Stop living like the world. Stop thinking like the world. Stop behaving like the world. The, the unwritten motto of this city, if I can put it, if you can uh, use some creativity to put this, the unwritten motto of the city of Laodicea would have been like this, I am rich and have become wealthy and have need of nothing. Just think about this city will, this is, this is the boast of the city, the motto of the city, motto of the city. I am rich, become wealthy, have need of nothing. Because that is according to the pages of history, I just told you. We don't need any help. We can help. We can help. You know, there are many people in the church today living like that. We don't need any help. Don't step on my toes. Don't come to me with your counsel. I know how to manage things on my own. See, that's a, that's a very dangerous place. I warn you. It's a dangerous place. Now you thrive because you're planted in the house of God. It's a planting. Say planting. It's not your presence in the house. It's your planting in the house. Amen. It's your, it, it's, it's your nourishment that comes to you. It's the nourishing that comes to you, that builds you, that makes you grow. The church in Laodicea is thinking in the same manner. I'm rich. I've, I've become wealthy and have need of nothing. So what is, what is Jesus saying? I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you become, may become rich and white garments so that you may clothe yourself and the shame of your nakedness will not be revealed. And I salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. I told you that this is a city known for the banking. They had gold exchange. According to historians, they had gold exchange happening in their banks. So Jesus is saying, you come to me and buy gold from me. Because you think that you're so self-sufficient. But God is saying, come to me and buy gold. Refined in fire. And then, I told you that this is also the hub of the textile industry. The center of textile industry. Especially famous for a special, intricately patterned uh, color tunic. And I've written down the name somewhere. Trimata. The name of this tunic is Trimata. It is made out of black wool spun into dark yarn and added with yarn dyed with other colors. So Laodicea was nicknamed, the nickname for Laodicea was Trimateria, or Trimateria, sorry, Trimateria, because they were famous for Trimata. What are you famous for? What's your nickname? What's your nickname? They were nicknamed Trimateria, this, this city, because what was available there? Trimata was available there. A tunic, a special tunic. What is available in you? What is available in you, church? What are you famous for? Do people draw near to you to receive Christ? 
why would people come to you to receive god's word what are you famous for what's your nickname you're famous for your skills your abilities your giftings your wealth your job your business your products are you famous for jesus are you famous for jesus now see one thing that really concerns me is when people who claim to be believers have friends who don't know that that person is a believer <laughs> one of the first signs of you becoming a believer is your friends leaving you because you're a believer one of the very first signs the world will hate you jesus said this the world will hate you on account of ah. so if your belief in christ if you are following christ is your is a world, world's best kept secret or something like that something is wrong your friend must know that you have christ you know i, I tell my kids you go to school if your friends don't know about christ it's a shame otherwise why should you go to school why should i pay the fees for them absolutely you must not pay the fees for your children if they can't speak speak about christ to their friends don't pay the fees don't pay the fees that's where it is see get real church get real we are not playing this is not a game this is not a pretense this is not a reality show what is a reality show reality everything looks very real but it's a game there's a reality show christianity is not a reality show it's the real deal amen this is life this is life you either live this life or you pretend all the way your choice it's your choice your your neighbors must know that you're a believer your neighbors must know that you're a believer oh, I, i had an eye opening experience i was traveling by train just two weeks back and um, i was praying i was meditating god's word i had the bible with me i was reading and just you know just enjoying the presence of god there's a man sitting just right opposite me and we both were not allotted seats yet we i was traveling on rac i got the seat later he also was on an rac seat uh in the ac compartment we were sitting facing each other and something in me told me that you know just be ready just be ready okay so i was just this prepared we never had any exchange he was doing he was busy on with phone calls and stuff like that and then i was you know doing what i was doing just 5 minutes before the ttr came the examiner came to like you know allotted the seat allotted the seat for us he just came by just 5 minutes before that this man said hi to me i said hi to him we started talking so he told me i asked him what he is doing so he told me he's a businessman this and that and the reason that he came down he was living in bombay he came down and settled in kerala for the sake of his parents so and he asked me what i am doing i said i'm a pastor i serve god and this man is a is a hindu guy he had a, i i could make out that because of the, some of the things that he was wearing hindu guy so okay said so i'm a pastor silence say silence pin drop silence and i want to speak i want to like you know i'm i'm i just want to give christ i just want to say something about jesus before i leave but silence so silence is sign don't speak now just wait a few seconds later 
maybe a minute later he why did you choose to become a pastor simple question why did you choose this way of life he was very curious and i have never faced such a question in this manner in this short span of a conversation the third question that he asked me is why did you choose this way of life so i told him why did you choose to come down from bombay it's because of your relationship with your parents i have a relationship with this god i choose to serve it's it's divine god has placed this line in me i said this maybe another minute or one more minute after that the tt came gave me a seat i had to move from there just like that just like that how prepared are you how prepared what are you famous for why are you hiding see you 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 heard that today you have an identity which is you must flash it you must wear it with pride now there's a song that i i love a song by a band that we know called a proud to be a christian you must be proud to be a christian it's the greatest privilege man can ever know the greatest privilege that you can know is to know christ but don't don't live like you know yeah pussy footing just just pussy footing very quiet very discreet nobody should know that you're a christian you go to church like this is anybody watching that's how some of you come to christ come come to church so i want to challenge you if you're a real christian this is what you must do every month bring one person to church how many of you can take up that challenge or try to bring one person to church every month that's a real evangelist fulfill your ministry i want to challenge you man you go to the gym go back to the gym i send you commission you go back to the gym get some people where's the other guy why are you going to the gym don't give him money to wait at the gym yeah don't go to the gym unless you go and tell somebody about christ and you say jesus loves me and i am in love with jesus i want to introduce this jesus to me do something like that everywhere you go we heard that on friday you 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 spread the aroma of christ you are the you're the smell of christ you diffuse that aroma amen it can be the smell of death to some who are be- not believing but to those who are believing those who accept your message you are the smell of life those who are seeking you are the smell of life they will smell and ask you questions like this why why do you do that why do you go to church why why are you a christian that's what the bible talks about you must be ready to give a defense man ready to give a re- the reason for your hope when people ask you why are you so hopeful be ready to give a reason for your hope but be available for that be available for that you have a relationship with christ that's your reason why you serve christ let the people know i know him is real for me it's very re- i told that person it's a very real thing for me just like your parents are very real to you and their need was very real to you i heard the call of god it is very real to me because i have a relationship with this god amen god will give you wisdom to speak the, the truth of the matter is see the, the i'll tell you the problem okay you might not like this when i say this but i'll tell you the, the problem when you come to church you are looking at people who are like you know i'm rich i'm wealthy i have need of nothing but the truth is there's a world out there desperate for christ desperate for jesus Yeah, man you are so used to the people that you see in church who are like you know very stoic 
that's your problem but there's a world outside desperate crying and i'm telling you the the, the spirit of god is going to do such a work through us amongst us the the hungry are going to come in the downtrodden are, are going to come in the broken are going to come in the wounded are going to come in and those who are oppressed those who are uh, possessed and and uh, in 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 curse uh, and are living in such a curse they're going to come in amen and the church is going to stand up and minister salvation declare the the word of god to them amen so don't get lost in the the, the like you know indifference that you see in church if somebody is indifferent in church do something like do something <laughs> do something yeah yeah amen hallelujah you you got that do something you see somebody indifferent in church slap them yeah slap them and say why are you doing why are you like this do you know where you are do you know where you are you are in the presence of the living god presence of the living god you are the presence of the one who gave it all for you how can you be so indifferent hallelujah say we have to change man because the letter can come any time the letter can come any time you think about that a letter coming from jesus just think about it a letter coming to jesus signed and sealed by jesus coming it comes to the pastor i will be the first person to open and read that rights gives me rights then i have to read it to you also even more dreadful so let's change when the letter comes let it be a good letter a letter that will fill with joy amen and and comfort hallelujah praise god praise god praise god let let's discard everything that is see the the pride you know let's let's not pretend before this god i'm rich i'm wealthy i have i've need for nothing you're wrong you need him all the time you need him you need him amen hallelujah you need the salvation you you need his grace amen you need his blood you need the angels of god you need the word of god above everything else so don't pretend like you have you're all sorted you're not sorted man unless you are living by god's word you're not sorted unless you're living by god's word amen this will sort out your life this will sort out pay attention to the, the word of god pay attention to the word of god this will sort out your life amen it'll give you a future and a hope amen hallelujah so don't try to hide the fact that you are you are you're miserable you are you're wretched you are you're poor you're blind you're naked don't hide it and see the thing is you know we are deceived into thinking that a church a person in a church will never hear something like that we are deceived into thinking like that you can be in the church and still be all this for all the i mean it's it's strange it's we it's an anomaly it's not supposed to be but it is possible it is so weird how can us who have the access to the living word of god be in such a condition nobody knows i don't know i i, I mean can't dig it beats me completely but the bible warns us even the elect if possible that people come to you that people come to you for jesus will let people come to you for peace let people come to you for joy let people come to you for health and healing let people come to you let people be drawn because you are a light because you are a light amen not for a tunic not for a tunic which is let's see not for not for a medicine see medicine paracetamol undo 
to come to you for prayer. They should be coming to you for prayer. Can you pray? I'm sick. See, the, the, the church here was living in a city which is known for the medical, the pharma industry. They had a certain powder. I was reading that about this, this place. A certain powder which was used to make a compound to treat eye diseases. So that's why you are saying you have everything. You have your tunic, trimata. You have your powder for your eye diseases. You have the gold of, in the bank. You have need of nothing. And he says, those things are going to melt away. Those things will not stand. Buy from me gold, refined by fire. Amen? And get clo be clothed with righteousness. White garment. The garment that you have is black. In fact, that is black. It's black wool. But the garment that I'm going to give you is white. Pure linen. White. Amen? Hallelujah. And you have, you have things to treat your eyes, but your spiritual eyes will still remain closed. But I have something to give you to open your spiritual eyes. I shall to anoint your eyes that you can see things in the spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Change. 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 Repent. Say repent. Be zealous and repent. Be, be zealous and repent. Be zealous and repent. I